Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space. This is your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. I'm sitting here with my two friends, Michelle West and Josh Talley. And we are just a couple of hours removed from the finish of the Badwater 135. I'm incredibly happy to say that they successfully completed the Badwater 135 uh, earlier today. Their time was under 39 hours. Um, Michelle, what was your time exactly? I think it was 38.59. So they came in under 39 hours, which is an incredible achievement. Just as a quick reminder, the Badwater 135 is a 135-mile foot race uh, that is done without stopping. It starts in Badwater, California, which is in the Death Valley National Park. Uh, one of the hottest places in the world, and it's done at the end of July. Um, it started on uh, the evening of the 28th, and the runners ran consecutively, and Josh and Michelle finished just a couple of hours ago. Today is Thursday, the um, uh, 30th. So uh, they are joining me right now. We're all fresh off the course. Michelle, has it sunk in that you've completed what is universally felt to be the toughest foot race on the planet? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm certainly happy that we completed it, and it was uh, we had such a good crew. Honestly, it seemed it it seemed easier than I thought it would be, and I don't want to take away any uh, any of our take away anything from our hard work and experience. But I feel like we were really lucky. We had great weather, great crew, and I don't know. Maybe it hasn't sunk in yet, but it was uh, it was great to get to that finish line. I, I, I like that you went with great weather. I think the highest temperature we had on course was 110 degrees, um, and that persisted for the best part of the day on Wednesday. Um, and then I think of the low that we had on course, uh, one of the nights, I think it got as low as 79, if memory serves. But uh, it's it's bizarre to think that 110 degrees is great weather, but we're fortunate it could have been a lot hotter. Josh, I know that this was a, a test of mental and physical endurance and fortitude for both of you guys. Um, and now you can come off the course successful. Is it something, it, was it what you expected? Was it, uh, was it the adventure? Was it the thrill? What was it about this that, uh, that made that now that you're sitting here and have only had just a couple of hours to reflect? So kind of unprocessed data. What, what, where, where is your mind with all of this? It was, it was difficult, but the, the best part about it was it was such a team effort and it was just so fun that. And being part of a team with the right people made the experience fun, even in the in the heat, in the darkness, and with sleep deprivation. Just having the right crew was fun, and it made it makes 135 miles pass, you know. And we were talking about an hour ago, Michelle and I, and I was saying the first time I heard about this race was maybe 15, 20 years ago, just kind of peripheral. You know, and it, it just sounded crazy, like something crazy people do. And I just said, we just did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's an incredible, it's an incredible feat. I mean, not many people get to do it. I think there was, was there 97 runners this year? Not all of them finished. Um, all of them are absolute heroes and warriors for making the attempt for sure. Uh, but this is not a race that everyone is going to be successful at, despite the rigorous criteria to get into the race. Um, 
you, Josh, mentioned a little bit about sleep deprivation. Let's start with that. I mean, that is a tremendous thing for people to overcome. You guys did not sleep for 38, almost for, for 30, almost 39 hours. Um, you had, we let you guys just, I was on your crew. I was one of the four crew members that helped get you from point A to point B during this thing. We let you guys sit in the van for about 20 minutes and close your eyes at one point, but that was it. Most people will not experience that amount of sleep deprivation. That's almost two full days without any sleep. Michelle, what, what is that state like as you are moving and exercising and exerting yourself and pushing yourself in extreme weather and also your mind does not have the, the insurance policy of sleep that it normally has. How, what is that sort of journey and evolution like? You know, for this, for this event, the first night was awesome. We were flying. So the first night was easy. We made it through. We ran the whole thing, probably about 45 miles of it. And that first night was no problem for either of us. But the second night was, was rough. And you can't process clearly. And there are times where you're hallucinating and you start seeing things or uh you know thinking that the road is not the road but it's you know the edge of a cliff and you start saying things that are (laughs) crazy and you'll catch yourself and it can be it can be really rough it's it's surreal it's uh it's it's nuts but we did take like a 10 minute cat nap on night two and that helped a lot and then we i pulled myself back together and we were able to keep going the Sleep deprivation was rough. You definitely slowed down, um, but we were really able to power through. So I don't know how we did it, but it was constant movement and, I guess, calories, just making sure our energy was uh, enough to keep us alert and awake. But even with that, sometimes you got a little, I did, I got a little out of my mind. I was (laughs) seeing things that weren't there, and it was a little weird for a while. So you had mentioned the things that get you through. One of them is having that team. The vast majority of runners are running this on their own with their team supporting them, but they are a, you know, a runner of one. You guys were really unique in that not only did you enter this race as a, as a, as a team, as a couple, you guys were together the whole time. I don't think you guys were ever more than maybe 20 to 30 feet apart as a maximum, but most of the time you guys were in lockstep. Josh, was it what you expected to have? Obviously, your life partner and your partner and all of your guys' madcap adventures all over the world. Was it what you expected to be able to participate with her and do this uh, together? Was it helpful? Was it a motivator? Uh, because people were awestruck. People would ask us as we're driving along in the crew van and then after the race, too. Oh, my gosh, that was the couple. They, they stayed together. That's amazing. Most people can't do that. Was that a helpful thing? Was it, uh, was it the thing that kind of helped get you over the top? Oh, I think it was the best case scenario because we've done a million events together. I don't think we've ever gotten along as well as we did this time from start to finish. And honestly, we didn't talk a ton. We were just kind of there for each other. We kind of had a protocol where whoever was lagging or hurting a little bit more at, at a certain point would typically go in front. So they were setting the pace so they weren't getting dropped by the person who was feeling a little better. And inevitably, it seemed like we would just kind of alternate. Sometimes towards the beginning, she had a a, a spell pretty near the beginning where she wasn't feeling very well, was having some stomach issues. So I just kind of slipped in behind her and let her set the pace. And then I didn't really suffer from sleep deprivation as much as she did. So there was a bit where I was in the front 
and she's a, a solid finisher. I know that I had as she dealt with sleep deprivation, but I definitely dealt with foot issues a lot more than her. So she definitely slowed down a bit that second night and the whole and this morning dealing with my foot issues. Mm-hmm. So it was an alternating process, and yeah. it was it worked out really great. That's an interesting. You get that sort of mutual support where if you're on your own and you're in a vacuum, you don't have anyone to bounce anything off of. You just kind of have to slog along. I mean, even you know, for your support crew, I wasn't with you guys on the road the whole time. I mean, it would be pretty frequent, and I could check in with you, but you don't get that same sort of rhythm. Um, just for the record, for those of you listening at home, Josh mentioned you know some of the foot issues. These two physically took a pounding. Uh, we did the best we could to keep them sunscreened, to keep their skin as clean as possible, get the sweat off them. They are beat up. Their feet are absolutely hammered. Um, to, to see what their poor toes and ankles and knees look like right now and to think that they plowed through the desert, um, with, with, in those sorts of, uh, conditions is, is, it's staggering. Uh, it's, it's just absolutely stunning. What was the feeling that you guys had, Michelle, when you're out there and you're seeing other teams of, crew and runner you're seeing other runners talk to me a little bit about the dynamics um that you were seeing in terms of just the sportsmanship just the the camaraderie that's out there because it's really special it's really unique what was it like to be a part of that uh exchange of of goodwill really oh that was awesome every everyone that you pass or who passes you you cheer them on and support them and there are many times where people need something you know maybe their crew's up ahead and they need some ibuprofen or maybe they need some ice or whatever it is the crews really help each other out and cheer each other on and then you start hanging around the same people whether it's the runners or the crews the people who are going about your same speed so you get these uh, you have these amazing relationships with people and uh, we spent the first night with a guy uh, an attorney from new york and we had a great time running with him for about 25 miles and then played some silly trivia game climbing up a town's pass after going <laughs> through the first night and so we just had the most fun there's great camaraderie out there and you know there's this uh just a special relationship that 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 you have with all these runners and their crew and everybody's looking out for each other and hoping for the best for one another and it's it's a unique and an amazing experience I agree with everything that you, that you said about that. The the thing about this race, even though it's really exclusive as in terms of how you can do it, it's a really inclusive event. It's a really inclusive sport. We all come out and, and participate in something like this, even as a spectator, um, because it's it's all open, it's all free, it's in a national park. But um, there is a, an inclusivity to this that I think a lot of parts of our lives uh, have um, that we may not recognize. So, Josh. You, uh, you and I have obviously had many, many kind of hefty conversations on hefty topics, but do you feel that there's a sense of, of connection, um, outside of this 135 mile effort? Are you able to connect differently, better, uh, worse, the same with people who are coming from other backgrounds, other athletic endeavors, other aspirations? Does this, does this change the way you might think about something like that? Oh, man. Well, I think with something like this, it's so extreme that basically everyone just pulls together. And 
it, I've never seen such camaraderie. I mean, it's, it's amazing what people do for each other and the amount of enthusiasm people show to each other. And even yesterday, this is not with the other racers, but I probably commented to you, commented to whoever was with me 20 times. I've never seen more accommodating, enthusiastic, supportive motorists. Mm-hmm. I mean, just people cruising through Death Valley, probably half of them just stumbling upon this crazy event going on. <laughs> you know, I'm sure it's affecting their drive. They're, they're having to go a lot slower or whatever. And I would say, I would almost say 80% of the cars screaming, support, thumbs up, waving, cheering. Yeah. And it wasn't just for us. And I think it was for everyone down the line. Like, I think everyone got a kick out of it. And I think just maybe the extremity brings people together yeah you know and just death valley is a perfect venue for extremity and then you take an event like this which just seems crazy to most people and people love it people dig it and people just support each other and the camaraderie is off off the charts yeah you know my wife drove to the finish line but she drove the race course and she said the same thing that as she was driving the course while the race was going on that you become almost emotionally overcome that it's just incredibly exciting to just see so many different people pulling together toward a, a, a common goal to see if they can get someone else there putting yourself outside of of where you are um for those of you who may have heard we did do a preview podcast and, and one of the things that we talked about um in that preview podcast michelle brought up a saying that it, it's definitely made the rounds uh, amongst our friends and our family this idea of getting through it, the mental toughness to get through it, this idea of relentless forward motion. And I can say that I definitely stuck my head out the window and yelled relentless forward motion at you guys <laughs> probably about a dozen times. Was that a mantra, Michelle, that you kept in your mind? Did it, did it ever come up for you or some, some permutation of that of just thinking, hey, just keep moving forward, keep going forward? Yeah, absolutely. That was the theme of the entire run. I mean, we never thought for a second, I don't think either of us, about quitting and i know you know sometimes in these extreme events 100 milers you know you'll think about quitting you'll let it you know sort of get inside your head for a second and once it's in you start to consider it because it's hard and you're tired but on this one i really think relentless forward motion it was like that's all we thought about and really it's that's what josh has always said is relentless forward motion and if you just keep going slowly but surely one step at a time towards your goal if you're lucky and you work hard, you'll make it there. So that's what that's what happened today for us, which was which was awesome. It was amazing. It's 135 miles divided into you know anywhere from a 12 to 24 inch stride. You're just breaking into those little pieces and just do it over and over and over. You just break something up into small moves and you'll get where you need to go. Um, Josh, you had talked about this idea of when the going gets tough. You know, it's the middle of the night not making those big decisions to to stop doing something in the middle of the night. When I talked about this with my friends, everyone had their own interpretation of that in their life. Whether you're in medicine, Michelle, you had mentioned what it's like as, a, as an attorney, just knowing when you're going to hit rock bottom, when you're going to feel your worst, and knowing that just wait a little longer, wait till the sun comes up, wait till wait till things start to change. And, and don't make that decision at that lowest point. Josh, tell me about, did you have a lowest point? I mean, I know you guys were upbeat and supporting each other, but did you ever have that moment of just, okay, I am beat up right now, but don't quit. The sun's going to come up. They're going to bring me another bottle full of Coke diluted with water. They're going to bring me another tortilla wrapped up around some cheese. Was there ever that moment where you just had to say, all right, this is just not the time to make a decision. Let's just press on. Uh, I never really considered quitting, but I do have to say that I mean, I felt beat up for the last 50 miles for sure. 
I mean, we're just every footstep hurt, like someone pounding on your ball of your foot with a hammer or something. Mm -hmm. But it's also that alternating thing. It's like I'd be down, she'd be up, Mm -hmm. you know, or she'd be down and I'd be up. And what's interesting is that running as a couple and staying together, you're kind of always going the slower person's pace because you're kind of a com. The way we do it, we're accommodating the slower runner. And I, I would love to know. I don't. I mean, I don't know the answer, but I'd love to know if you still end up going faster than you would individually, even though you're kind of go- always going the slower runner's pace, just because of that camaraderie and mm-hmm. that that sense of, all right, she's taking the lead now, and I'm just going to follow her. So, is there something then to the idea that when we're all we're all ambitious, we all have things we want to accomplish, but maybe we can accomplish more if we find other like-minded people. And instead of trying to leave them in the dust, connecting with them in some fashion and drawing on some of the energy that they're, that they may have and then giving them some of the energy that you have so that as you're going forward, it becomes that more of that sort of shared experience. And then you, hopefully you can go further. Hopefully you can go 135 miles. Oh, I would say also that crazy idea you have. It's amazing how you can find people who will get on board and just support you. Yeah. And like make it happen, you know, because it is that team thing. So, I mean, this is crazy, but I mean, a lot of people have crazy ambitions or bizarre desires to do things that are kind of off the, off the grid, you know, Mm -hmm. and it, it's cool to, when you realize like, if you put it out there, there are like-minded people out there who will support you and enthusiastically encourage you to go on with it. So I think beyond even running that. People with those crazy ideas, you just got to find a community or a team Mm -hmm. and you can accomplish just insane things. Yeah. Yeah. And Michelle, for you, I know that there was, you guys both as a team had some very specific things you were running for and there was definitely a community that supported you around that as well. So first of all, give us some of the, the raw data. Obviously there was a charity that you guys were running for, um, in support of, do you, do you, can you tell us about how much money you guys think you may have raised? And how many people you think may have been able to jump on board with that? Obviously, we had this all emblazoned on our jerseys. It was awesome. There'll be pictures on the Twitter feed of what the jerseys looked like and everything. But that community, I mean, tell me a little bit about that community that was developing behind you as well. Sure. So what what I did was I decided to raise money. And a lot of the runners out there were running for a cause. They had raised a lot of money for charities. Um, you would see the charities on their shirts. And that was another great thing about this event. But our charity was the Arthritis Foundation because my older sister has rheumatoid arthritis and she's had it for 30 years. So I thought, well, that would be a good charity to raise money for. I think we raised over $6,000, right around $6,000, which was fantastic. And I had great support from people from work. I mean, there were some amazingly generous contributors, and uh, I really felt great about that. I thought that that was fantastic, and I loved having it on our shirt and letting other people know that we were running to support this charity. And I love seeing the other people's charities, the other runners, uh, having their charities on their shirts. And, um, also when you're running for charity, I mean, I had my law firm, uh, sponsor us to, uh, help out with the costs of, you know, the crew shirts. And so we put the firm name on our shirts and had some other interest, you know, just little, um, little uh, important things on our on our shirts that would help us stay motivated a memorial to my mom who passed away a couple months ago and um, but the, all of that was great and I think a lot of runners uh, are inspired by their running for the charity and also having these little special uh, 
memorials or little messages on their shirts to keep them motivated. And uh, it gives the race more meaning, I think, to everybody. I mean, it's not just like, wow, watch me, I'm amazing, I can run through the desert, but it makes it bigger than what it is because you're raising money for a great cause or you're doing it in in memory of somebody. And I love that aspect of this event. I thought that was great. I was very fortunate that as, as the event rolled along, I got to pace you guys, which basically meant I ran along behind you and tried to be funnier and entertaining, or we would tell stories and jokes. But I can tell you when I'm behind you guys with the spray bottle, trying to keep you cool as well. And I can see those logos on the back of your shirt. It's very real. It's very real that you're thinking to yourself. It becomes, you see it so much it becomes not just a, a fancy logo with a cool font. It, you think about, well, what is this? And what does that mean to this person? And what does it mean to us? It matters. And it's, it becomes really compelling. It's, it's fun to see. It was a fun evolution because we do get, I think, used to seeing that sort of signage and things like that where maybe you would become a little bit uh, avoidant almost. But when you're right there in it and you can see it over and over, it's really compelling. It's fun. Um, to, to see that this matters to some people, this matters to this runner in particular, um, and knowing that they're doing something outside of themselves. But like you said, this isn't just about, hey, look at me, I can run 135 miles in the desert. Uh, it, it's absolutely true. Uh, and that was actually one of the most fun things about just being on that course is seeing that on all these different people and knowing how many different causes, how many different ideals and aspirations are being put at stake and being put out uh, under the spotlight. Uh, and it just makes that sort of shared experience even more compelling. Josh, I have to ask you guys, you've had, eh, what, three hours to process all of this since you crossed the finish line. What's next? There's going to be another adventure. I know you guys well enough to know there's going to be more. Obviously, humans have a sense of adventure. Um, I'm sure that you guys will want to do something else. Do you think that there will be something in the near future? Is it time to rest for a little bit? Where do we go from here? Well, I know we've got a few events planned, nothing of this scale at all. We've got an Ironman in Chattanooga, and I'm supposed to do the Leadville 100 mountain bike ride in a couple weeks. Um, We're doing the Ironman together, but we're typically not together the whole time. It's just almost too difficult to do it that way. But uh, I don't know. Beyond that, do we have a a big adventure plan, Michelle? Not really. This was a big one for us. This was the one that we were not even sure that we could do and it was scary and intimidating so we don't have anything of this caliber uh-huh. planned i think you guys have banked enough in the the bravery department to probably stand you in good stead for quite a while um michelle physically what is the recovery process like from something like this what are the key things that you guys have to do to get your bodies kind of just back to baseline just back to sort of your standard operating level given that you just took a, a pretty good pound in for the last two days. You know what? We're really, really, really fortunate that our health is fantastic. So typically our recovery is really quick. And I even feel pretty good right now. Like, sure, my joints hurt, my knees hurt, and Josh, Josh's feet hurt, but we'll probably bounce back and be working out in a couple days. And that's just because (laughs) we're lucky, you know, we're fortunate. We don't have any health issues. So we're the lucky ones who can bounce back and feel fine. So, I mean, I am grateful. Yeah. So Josh, we have a pizza party to go to tonight. 
what are the caloric needs you guys are going to have tonight? We, we ate a lot of food. We, we, you guys ate a lot of stuff out there that I imagine you probably don't want to see again for a while. <laughs> Soda in a bottle, little cookies, jerky, uh, tortillas. Is it going to be fun to get some more, something a little bit more substantial into you after, uh, having to go on these little, the small nibbles of this and a little sip of that for the last two days? Well, we're doing a pizza party, so I don't know that there'll be a lot of fiber involved, but <laughs> a vegetable sounds pretty good right, right now, <laughs> right. or a piece of fruit, right, right, you know, right. something that's not engineered or <laughs> yeah. processed or whatever, but you know what? I mean, honestly, you guys, part of what made the nights easy, I think, is you guys kept us so well fed and so well hydrated. You know, it really, I think that sleep deprivation, a big part of it is caloric intake if you let mm-hmm. it drop too much and heart rate mm-hmm. you know because sometimes if you can just pick up your pace a little bit and it can be hard at night yeah, yeah but i think that little increased heart rate it i don't think you typically just fall asleep if your heart rate's elevated yeah but then i do have to say even with that stuff you do get that weird tunnel vision michelle was talking about or you'll have those weird like i remember riding through the desert one time and for about four hours thinking i was going under an overpass <laughs> But yeah, it's just that's looking forward to fiber. Yeah, yeah, and then you'll get a, your first good night's sleep probably in a couple of days because I know leading up to the race, it's also pretty hard to just get a normal night's sleep. You're about to really put yourself out on the sharp edge of things, so it'll be probably nice to get a, a quiet night's sleep and be able to relax a little bit. Um, it was an amazing experience. We're gonna have some pictures up on the Twitter feed. Um, I definitely encourage people to go check out the Badwater website to learn more about the race, find out about um, Josh and Michelle's journey, but also the journey of all the other runners. I mean, these are these are men and women who are very hardy souls. They're 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 tough. They're resilient. They're committed to a specific goal, and they do what it takes to get there. And and there's lessons for all of us, I think, to draw from that, regardless of what we do with our lives. To just look at people, when you see a picture of them, they do not look any different from anybody else on the planet. They're a mixture of ages, and there's people from, the I think it was 24, 24 different countries, 21 states in the, United, from, in the United States. It's everybody. It's a mishmash. And, and, and you just think about those journeys. You think about why they're doing it. And there's enough there to connect all of us, I think. I mean, there's enough there for us all to be able to draw something from it. So I really encourage everyone to spend a little time taking a look at those websites and uh, looking at the pictures on Instagram that were put up by the Badwater team as well, just to get a sense of the scope and scale and the panorama uh, of the Badwater 135. Josh and Michelle, you guys are awesome. Um, it was so much fun being out there with you guys, being able to participate in something that is really rare and really special. You guys live in rarefied air now. Not many people have done this ever um, from around the globe. So congratulations to both of you guys. It was a real honor and privilege to be able to share that space with you. And, uh, uh, I hope we get to share more adventures in the future. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.